we we fall in love because we love this person. True. We love this person's values. Until love, you live with them, and then yeah, and then it becomes a bit much. Like maybe can you tone it down a lot. A bit? Hello, wisdom and wellness family. Welcome to the cozy edition of of this month's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Tennis Rust. Guys, I'm a huge fan of tennis biscuits. And when I found out that Tennis Biscuits has come together to bring us rusks, I was like, this is some mind-blowing stuff. So these are officially available at all stores. Go yes. get yourself some. They are absolutely amazing. As a rusk fan and a Tennis Biscuit fan, I am in heaven. And Bryn and I are going to be enjoying with some coffee. Oh, you don't dip yours, do you? I mm. always dip mine. I like the crunch. Brennan likes his crunchy. I like mine dipped. <laughs> Cheers. Let's get into today's conversation. We are talking about integrating family traditions. Yeah. It's been, how long are we together now? Almost seven years? Almost seven years. Well, we've been together almost nine years. Yeah. We've been married for uh, almost seven years. Almost nine years. Mm. Almost ten. No, I wasn't there. Hmm? Eight years. We started 2014, no? 2015. (laughs) 2015. Sorry. I'm not the one you started in 2014. It feels like it's been longer. I wanted to read something um, before we get started on the conversation. Um, And this is a a definition that just I found about family culture, culture, tradition. We look at it as similar things, right? Family culture is the combination of your family's habits, traditions, purpose, values, beliefs, and choices. It is often impacted by experiences, personalities, and external influences. Okay. So what does it mean for you to have a... In fact, what does it mean, the integrating of family traditions? It, for me, it means building a new tradition and, and culture, essentially. I think when you get married, what you don't realize is that... Well, you realize it, but you don't know what it means. Mm-hmm. It's that your life's going to change. And it's going to change drastically. And you're going to have to be... You, you sort of... You become a new person. So there's things that you used to do that you grow up doing yeah. uh, because of the family that you're in. And yeah, so integrating means how do we then take both of our upbringing and our traditions and create a new tradition um, using parts of those traditions. Yeah. So, so you know, it's kind of like a bring your own bride. <laughs> bring your bride. Yeah, like you'll bring the force, I'll bring the firelighter, and like we'll create something. Yeah. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm two ways about it. Um, one, mm-hmm. I think on a, on a practical level, it's a good idea. What's a good idea? To integrate. To integrate. But mm-hmm. two, the Bible speaks about um, leave and cleave. Yeah. And part of that leave and cleave, I think... Most of us think of it on a just leave your parents' house and build your own house. But I look at it as leave everything you've known, which is, that's why I say that the first one makes sense on a practical yeah. level, right? But on a, angazi, on what? But it feels, it, for me, it's, we should essentially say, okay, this is what we did at home. This is what you did at home. But now that we're starting our new home, mm-hmm. what are we doing? Like but what that's are these exactly what I said. But you said you bring your own chops and bring well, your own. Well, you're building from something. Mm-hmm. If we're saying what are we doing, also we're not just saying let's like it's a blank slate. Yeah. No, it's saying what do we like about what you what 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 do you think was essential about what you guys were doing? What do I think was essential, and how can we then bring that 
to this new thing, you okay. know? And also, if we're going to quote the Bible, it also says the two shall become one. Okay. And, and you know, I don't, I don't want to get preaching. <laughs> <laughs> but someone once said that it's not two halves that become one. It's two holes yeah. that become one. So it is important that I think you keep a part of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, even as we are building something new, I think... We, we fall in love because we love this person. True. We love this person's values. We Until love, you live with them and then... Yeah, and then it becomes a bit much. Like, maybe much, can you tone like it down a, lot. a bit? But, <laughs> but, but yeah, we fall in love with a person um, because of that, because of the history in, in who they are and, yeah. and how firm they are in what they believe. Yeah. And, and so I don't think we should completely disregard that. I think we should use some of that and be like, oh, okay, this broccoli thing that you're bringing is, is, is quite something. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's making me feel better. Let's keep that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to ask you, what is the one tradition or culture mm-hmm. that you saw in me that you fell in love with? And then as you lived with me, like seven years later, it's like, oh, we can do without that. Sure. There's so many. <laughs> How do I pick? Uh, no, I'm joking. I actually, I know there's something. Let me see. That like you were like, oh my gosh, woman of my dreams. And then now it's I like. I think being an early riser. Being an, <laughs> being an early riser is like, it's cute. Like when you're dating someone, you're like, oh wow, she's so determined. Wow, disciplined. <laughs> but my soul was like, what are we doing? You know, like, but yeah, I think being an early riser, um, uh, being a healthy eater, that's a tough one. Like being a healthy eater is tough because I think we all aspire to eat healthy. Yeah. But it's but, also to what level, like how far are we taking this <laughs> thing? And you like an all or nothing person. Well, that's kind of how I grew up. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's really cool. Like when you have someone like that who's backing you in your own thing, like an all or nothing person, ah, that's the person you want to have in your corner. Yeah. But if it's something that's really hard, yeah. then it's like it becomes challenging. Yeah. Okay, I see that. Now, what about you? What do you What do you think is a thing that you thought um, I did that was pretty cool, and and then you got married to me, and you're like, actually, I actually thought about it. I don't know if it, it counts as traditional or culture. Yeah. Um, but you're you're very like laid back, like trust the process. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> and very zen. Yeah, very zen. <laughs> very trust the process. Very. I'll do it when when I'm inspired. Um, it needs to come to me. It needs to come to me. And I think at that time, especially when we did fall in love, I needed that. Um, mm. When I was letting go of my chosen career path and I was leaning more into the creative side and I was like, here's this guy, someone who finally understands me that I need to trust the process, mm, you know? Mm. <laughs> and we trusted the process together. And it worked. And it worked. The process was, <laughs> the was pro- worth The trusting. process was worth trusting. And then now I find myself um, in my roles as a mother, as a wife, as a friend, and now as a business owner, so mm. not just a, so I'm no longer a hustler, mm. but I'm a business owner who yeah. needs structures and who needs things in place. And there's certain things I can't trust the process about. Yeah, there's got to be strategy. There's got to be some sort of strategy, right? Mm-hmm. And and now it's like trust the process, but it's but it's actually 
in as much as I'm saying it like now it's like a, a problem, it's not really a problem. It's still necessary for me because I am pretty rigid. Mm. So I think it's like, it's a, it's a good balance. It's that balance. Like I think God's very intentional that that's what you need. It, it, it irks me because sometimes I'm just like, it is Monday. Mm-hmm. Can we just have this strategy and not trust the process? But yeah. sometimes I just need to have a Monday of trusting the process. And I know alone I, I wouldn't be able to achieve that. So I think maybe what I'm hearing is that maybe as you integrate or the the road to integration mm-hmm. is really about fine-tuning. Ah. It's not like disregarding or, or sort of cancelling things, but it's, it's how do we fine-tune this so that it better fits in, in this new thing? I guess it's kind of like, it's really like moving into a home, like yeah. our home. We've been living in this house for two years. Yeah. And when we when we came into the house, it was already a nice house, mm. but it wasn't our house. Yeah. And and we've just slowly turned it into our house by making creative decisions. Yeah. And so so yeah, so I think I think that's the hardest part is is how much do we dial it back? Mm. You know, because you can do too much and then you can loss of identity yeah. and, and that's a real thing. Okay, like, let's loss talk of identity. about it. Loss of, oh, <laughs> I, that's <laughs> a real thing. It. It's like you don't realize how much. Um, of your identity is in the routines that you know you've built and the habits that yeah. you've built growing up. Yeah. But there's two sides of this, right? Mm-hmm. And I want us to mention the two sides. So for me, I I'm very connected to my identity. Yes. Um even now. And I know and I'm sorry to have cut you. I just want to give um context. Whenever I go to like events and stuff, the common question is how do you not lose yourself as a woman mm-hmm. but i don't i've never had that problem of losing myself yes i went through phases of children or but my biggest issue in life has never been losing my identity like i've always yeah. been firm in that and i think that may be like a personality trait or um just the way that i was raised a kaya um but you have a different um a different experience yeah i think you know with it also goes down to personality yeah um my personality, like you said, is a little bit more laid back. So I'm generally more welcoming to changes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the fire's starting to be so nice. I'm generally more welcoming to changes. And so sometimes I'm too welcoming. Yeah. Where I become a, a passenger in my own life. Yeah. And I think that's the part that becomes really tough. Um, when you don't, um, you don't notice or you don't think certain things are important to you. Mm-hmm. Until you haven't had those things for a long time mm-hmm. and you lose yourself. Like a, a simple thing would be like, again, like the other day I did an interview and I had to speak my language. Yeah. And I was just sharing with you like how I don't speak my native tongue. Yeah. Like I'll go six months not speaking it. Yeah. And there's certain things for me that I find are I like the way I express myself the person I become when speaking that language. Because, yeah. you know, when you speak a language, it's like you switch it on and you become this character. Yeah. Like when I speak Zulu, like I try to imitate your dad, you know, I'm like, eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it's like, and so you lose, you lose that part of yourself. Yeah. Expressing yourself like that. Those jokes that you make in that language, certain phrases that are only in that in language. language yeah and like like I, i've always told you like for me like one of the most attractive things is when you make like you make these subtle uh like you'll have these phrases that your aunts say mm-hmm. in Zoom, and you they'll just come up in like like random conversations when you're yeah. speaking to someone who's from kzn yeah 
And I'm like, oh, wow, I love that part of you. Because that part of you was prominent when we started dating. Yeah. It was quite a big part, you yeah. know? And so, yeah, so I feel like I struggled with identity because I didn't really, I didn't recognize how important little things like language and food and um, community is, how important that is, yeah. you know? Because, like, I moved to Pretoria and then I just adopted Pretorian culture. Person, yeah. yeah, like, it's like I just adopted that culture. And it's important to to find a balance in bringing back the the, the little boy. Yeah. Yeah. How are we going to do that, though? Especially, how do we bring back the little how boy? Do we, yeah, because, and, and, and I think language is quite a big one right now. It is. Um, where, for me, and you would have known, because I'm intentional about my kids speaking my language, Zulu. Mm-hmm. And in as much as I want my kids to speak Spulani, I don't speak Spulani. Um, I don't speak it, but I understand it, so I can't teach the language. Yeah. And Ausmegi um, speaks uh, Sutu. Mm-hmm. So now the kids are exposed to Sutu and they're exposed to Zulu, but there's no exposing of Spulana because you speaking, you've adapted to now my language. And then there's obviously English. So we're obviously now in a, in a world where our kids learn English first, which I have no problem with. Yeah. But now how do we ensure... In fact, me and you, how mm. are we going to practically ensure that our kids speak our languages as fluently as they speak English? I don't have the answer right now. Because there's I, not a lot of Zulu shows. I've looked for them. There isn't. they horrible. But I think, look, I think it goes down to like the grandparents and the family mm-hmm. and... Because honestly, like I don't even know. Like I don't know if it's going to happen. Like It has to happen. I don't happen. know if I can... <laughs> Like, because also, like, no one taught me. So maybe I'm also biased because, yeah. like, I speak Tsonga pretty fluently now. Yeah. And no one taught me Tsonga. I just picked it up at school Oof. because yeah. my friends were that. Yeah. So I think also um, community is important, the people True. you're around. And also maybe instilling a willingness to learn okay. in the kids. How do we do that? I don't know. I think maybe we encourage it. Like we don't laugh at them when they make like you know, you, like you like to laugh at Zadi when he speaks Zulu. Because <laughs> like, sometimes his words are just like what? Yeah, because his accent is, is Imfana. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So so <laughs> so it's like I think encouraging a culture to learn yeah. and exposing them to opportunities where they can then practice what they've learned yeah. so I, I mean i know schools have like zulu classes and whatnot but yeah, sometimes it's like a same. white teacher yeah. who's teaching zulu but just finding something authentic that i think they can grab culture but i i do think it's also for me it's a little bit disingenuous to try and enforce this um like spulana speaking home when we don't we speak don't even that speak at it because that, that was my that. next question was like we speak english together and because and when we thing. started dating you couldn't speak zulu yeah i couldn't speak your language mm. and we met at english and that's what we speak predominantly i mean we do bring in our well, mostly my language but school yeah. is slow <laughs> and that's the thing and that's why i'm saying that i think the community for them i think what they need to understand is yes this might be the language that you best express yourself the language that you can work, use in the practical world yeah but there's a certain um there's a certain pride in having like this other language i think it's important it's extremely important important. i think it it's our identity it is and like i said like there's certain things that you can only understand yeah through certain languages and and that's why like you know we used to watch um 
generations. Yeah. And remember when they used to speak the different languages? Yeah. And I, we used to make fun of that, but that was so important. It was. Because Everyone it meant, felt it seen. meant you, get, you felt seen, but you also get to understand a different language that you might yeah. not have understood because yeah. there were subtitles there yeah. and, and the people were having conversation as though they really understood each other. But you know how different things are now? You know how we used to watch Generations? Yeah. I was watching um, on Saturday with the kids. We were watching The Masked Singer. So it's on SABC3. Now, we don't really watch... Um, TV. Yeah, TV. If we're watching, it's Netflix or YouTube. And an advert came on and the kids asked me to skip the advert. <laughs> I know. That's bad. I know. And I'm like, I can't skip the advert. They're like, why? Here's the remote. That's not that type of advert. But it just shows how much things have changed. Yeah. Um, what are some important um, three or more or less hmm. traditions or cultures that you think are important for every family? Um, so one is one that we don't yet practice. Okay. But um, a culture of eating at a table. Okay. That's a good culture. Yeah. Like whenever I've been to families that do that. Yeah. I'm always very impressed with yeah. one, the, um, the quality of the conversations that happen mm -hmm. in such an environment. And so easily. So easily. Yeah. The, the, also the, the, the. The manners of kids who are brought up under that, like kids who, there's just like a level of like posture, like yeah. it's giving queen vibes. Yeah, you know? yeah, um, yeah. So I think that's a great tradition mm -hmm. to, even if it's maybe just like supper, but to make sure that one of the one meals meal. yeah. that you eat in the during the day you eat at a set table. Mm -hmm. um, there's that. Uh, two. This is. This is, uh, it's going to be controversial to you. Okay. But like, I think uh, like reading, reading culture is great. What do you mean it's controversial to me? Because you know, I'm not really the one who's enforcing that. Like that's your department. Okay. You've made it yours. I haven't. It's just you're good it, at it. It's what I grew up with. Yes. Like I grew up in a home where I was told if I don't know how to spell a word, go fetch the dictionary. And yeah. My parents read, my dad, my mom read to me before bed. It's what I know. Yeah. Continue. So, yeah. So I think a reading culture is great. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's, yeah, like it, it, especially for kids, it really, it, it gives them an advantage in life because they know a little bit more than, than the average child because yeah. they read and they learn so much through the reading. And especially if books are both like liter uh, literature and pictures. Yeah. Because, also, you want your child to have imagination. Imagination, yeah. You want your child to be able to read between the lines. And I think that's what our kids are so good. Because sometimes they'll fake read a book. Yeah, but you, it's actually, I actually think, like, I was looking at Nuri, and I think she actually can read now. She just doesn't know that she can read. Because we were reading this book, right? But we've read it over and over. And I guess that's how mm, we learn how to yeah. read. Because I don't know how you really learn how to read. And we're reading, and then there were three words, Right. Um, it was I can't remember what the words were, but it was one under um, the other. Right. Mm -hmm. um, for example, book, table, coffee. And we got to that page of the book and it's not like the things were in order. 
but the pictures were there and she went book coffee table and in that right order so she i, I watched her look at the words mm-hmm. look at the picture and, and say them in the, the order and i said oh how did you know that and she obviously she, she just smiled she's like i know the book but i was just mm-hmm. like okay so the reading is actually um the reading muscle is starting to develop starting to develop just like that and that's the that's the beauty of books um and then thirdly again this is a controversial one this is important for me okay this is mostly but i also don't want to generalize okay but I think for a boy child, mm-hmm. PlayStation, PlayStation, <laughs> PlayStation <What>? is so <laughs> key. Okay. Here's and here's why. All right. I think a lot of time, and I've had this conversation. A I lot agree of, to it though. A lot of times, as uh, parents, mm-hmm. we don't learn to balance, and we don't teach our kids balance or integration. We ki- teach our kids good or bad. True. And and that's how I grew up. Like I remember, I grew up like our parents. Would say PlayStation is going to hurt the TV, damage the TV. Like, you know, like it was designed to be used with a TV. (laughs) And so, but like also, then you just, you teaching your kid to just not to, to just be a liar because that's not true because then you say it in your friends and your friends are just like, they're like, dude, come on, really? You believe (laughs) that? But like, I think you have to be in touch. And, and I think I want to, I want my kids to grow up having options, but being able to have the character to say no. Okay, I love that. You want the kids to have options, but have the character to say no. I don't want to limit options because I because I'm trying to protect them. Ah. I want them to be able to make those decisions. Thank I want to teach them to make those decisions because I think it's important for someone to have a just a broader understanding of life of life and everything <clears throat> that's happening. Like it's having a conversation. That's why kids are so interesting. Yeah. Because kids know so much yeah, about everything so because curious. they're picking up information from everyone. Yeah. I literally did a cover of a song on Instagram because my daughter likes it and it's a piano song and I should have known it. <laughs> you know, but yeah. that just shows that they are so in touch with everything yeah. in the world that they, they, they're just so much more interesting and they have a better view of, of the world. And so, yeah, so my three things are set a table, read a book. And play PlayStation. And that's balance. So the PlayStation, you said for boys. Even for girls. But okay. I'm just saying generally girls might not find it interesting because so what, a lot of games are catered for boys. So what would you replace the PlayStation with for girls? Art. Art. Art is key. Like art is, art, key. Is a, art is amazing. Like I just, yeah. I don't know why people don't do art. Yeah. Art is. We have a coloring book i'm well i have a coloring book. and it's fun right and it's a lot of fun imagine if you did that like from age like five i did i just lost it along the way imagine if you never stopped um yeah like that would have been better even if you don't do it professionally just like just any type of art yeah it could be painting it could even be photography i think photography is so beautiful like with me there's pictures that I took uh, in New York that I actually want to frame. Yeah. Just because it's such a beautiful thing. When you see a picture, you, you remember something different. Yeah, there's a memory about and it. And to have a hobby that is outside of, like, again, outside of reality. Mm, uh, outside of goals. Outside of goals. I, uh, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to be able to do from time to time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that what we're not doing now as a culture, as a people, mm-hmm. is allowing ourselves and more especially our children to be bored. Yeah. So we're used to, I mean, how many times did you as a child say, mom, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored. And they tell you, go outside or go do this. And you eventually find yourself building a car with bricks or whatever, being creative. Mm-hmm. And how many times do you hear your children say, I'm bored? Seldom. 
Yeah. We seldom hear our kids say I'm bored because we want to fill up the whole day. Either we have a schedule or there's TV or if there's no TV, iPad, if there's no iPad, then it's this time with mommy. Then it's this time with daddy. Then we go in here like their whole lives. That's true. We are just filling it. But and don't you think that we're projecting our own lives? I think we're projecting our own lives because we don't give, we don't give ourselves time to be bored. As soon as you sit on the couch, as soon as we sit on the couch, we pick up a phone. But not even in that. I think just generally as a culture, we've picked up like a really hardworking culture. Yeah. Like we just want to work, work. We want to like, keep it busy. Like even you. Yeah. Like if, if you had a free day. Yeah. You would want to catch up on work. Yeah. And, and so that's exactly but what But I'm teaching myself now because I've come to it because we are literally a burnout culture and it's not sustainable and so it's not fun. So I think that's, where, that's, I think, a big part of why we, we treat our children that like, way. Because yeah. we feel like we don't want to raise lazy children. Exactly. But and maybe we feel the, like if they're not doing anything, that if they're just lazing around, yeah. you know, they're just out here. Or we're scared that they're going to say, I'm bored, as if there's something wrong with being bored. But I guess maybe the reason I picked it up is because I realized that I need to have time of of boredom where i'm not doing anything um like in the last week we went away and i didn't pick up my book i didn't um i didn't take i didn't open my laptop i didn't even pick up a book were you bored though huh i was i wasn't so sick bored. no 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 so boredom <laughs> is different i wasn't bored like oh shoot me but it was like i've got nothing to do and it's okay, okay. and then before i know it i'm watching i'm looking at the tree and i'm finding something in a tree and i found a buffalo because yeah. i was i found that buffalo because Actually, i was the buffalo bored found you <laughs> no i found the buffalo because i was just sitting there being bored yeah. um over the weekend i did absolutely nothing mm -hmm. and i was bored and so even with the kids um they had finished doing something and i could see they were looking for the tv like they wanted to switch on the tv mm. and i was just like we, i said there's load shedding right because I, I just i personally just didn't feel like hearing all of that stuff yeah. and we left the tv off and we went to the attic and we got some stuff to build and for a good solid three hours I checked the time. Mm. Solid three hours. They played yeah. and built. They got into it. They built a monster truck. They built a house. They built a tunnel. This is from one toy. Yeah. And that is just the power of being bored. It is. Anyway. But, okay. Yeah. So, but now, how does that building the monster truck in the tunnel, Yeah. how does it affect, the, affect their future? How does it affect their future? <laughs> it's not about it's that. Good to they build a, uh, it doesn't. It's not about that. It's it's that thing of not everything. Working the imagination. The imagination and rest. And not everything has to be attached to a goal. Sure. Not everything has to lead to something bigger. Not everything has to lead to their success or their mm -hmm. progression. It's just being a person. Being Sometimes a human things being. just are. Just are. You know, things just are. What are the three cultures? That, that cultures or traditions traditions that you think uh people should try every family should have i think a spiritual culture tradition yes um i was gonna say that but then i you left it for me then you left it for no me. i thought it goes without saying uh, <laughs> not really um and by spiritual i don't necessarily mean people have to do like we don't go to the same churches we went to when we were kids mm -hmm. um they, our beliefs have shifted. They're not exactly how they were when we were kids, mm -hmm. but we are honing our own spiritual belief um, journey. 
journey, yeah, through conversations and 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 our kids have to be involved in that, right? Yeah. And so I think I was listening to a, a an interview. Um, they were interviewing a someone who was um, who was jailed, uh, a, a convict, right? Mm-hmm. And he was a mol- he molested children. And this guy was asked, um, "Which kids do you not target, mm-hmm. right?" Um, when you are when you're looking for kids or families to molest and he said he listed quite a few and he said one of the first and most important is that he seldom targets children who come from a spiritual home because from coming from a spiritual home children are taught um, they somehow it's linked to having a confidence and a belief in something bigger like these kids know they almost it's almost like they have an authority that they respect Mm. they have so they're not insecure. So mm. the, the the guy was pre- basically saying that he targets insecure children, right? Sure. Insecure children. And that can be unpacked. It's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But the gist of it is one of the family's important things he looks out for before targeting children is that if they come from a spiritual home, he knows not to target them. Mm. So for me, that's number one. And building a spiritual home is our kids need to know what do we believe in? Who do we believe in? How do we... How do we remember this belief of ours? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we make sure that it's in our hearts, or we, or they, or they, or it, it really comes alive for them? For mm. us, um, we are Christian family, yeah. and we recently went started going back to church. So every no, Sunday, no, no. don't make it seem like we were not going to church. We were online churching. No, but we'd visit different churches, and we'd visit other churches. We but just also didn't our have, kids, we just didn't have a church, church home. home. But also our kids were young, and for me, it just I was going to church. I, I don't know about. For me, it was just, and specifically, and also lockdown and all of that. Mm-hmm. For me, um, sitting in the mother's room was just, it was just, I didn't enjoy it. I was frustrated. Was and oppressive. I would just, I'd just get so Did angry. you find it oppressive? No, not oppressive. <laughs> it just, I'd just get really angry. And yeah. there's no point of leaving your house to go get angry at other people. So, um, yeah, and then um, every night we we pray with the kids. Um, we just taught them like a Zulu prayer that I used to pray when I was a kid that I still remember. Mm-hmm. The first prayer my mom ever taught me, um, the kids pray. Um, and I make sure that even in my morning time, my devotion time, my children see me worship. My children see me lift up my hands. My children see me open the Bible. Zani the other day asked me, when can he get a Jesus book? Because it's my Jesus book. Yeah. <laughs> asked me for a Jesus book. So I think a spiritual prayer practice um carve out one that works for your family and that Mm -hmm. your kids know that's where you believe what you believe in um and then i'll agree with your eating at the table um tradition culture it's a very good one what we kind of are doing now is because we don't have a dinner table yet is I try, because we've got this round table in the living room, I try to get them to take their placemats and set Mm -hmm. the table. And we sit. I mean, it's not table table tabley, but just options, because not all of us have a dinner table, but just to be together Together. for one meal, you know, switch off the TV, talk, ask some questions. What made you smile today? Um, Who who made you laugh today? It's incredible what conversation you get out of a kid from just asking who made you laugh today, right? Um, And then the last one for me is have a family project. I think I'm realizing the importance of this, especially... um, Is this now... Um, as a family with kids or even just like a Even just couple. with, as a couple, um, because I think eventually the kids, 
it, it, everything else, everything starts with me and you. Eventually sure. the kids fall in where mm -hmm. they need to fall in, but yeah. we first need to establish it. And like I was just thinking there was a time where um, the project was to buy a house mm -hmm. and that was the goal and that was kept us excited and it kept us on Pinterest and visiting these stores and, 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 and then you get it and then it's like, okay, so what's the next project? And mm -hmm. this project doesn't have to be monetary, but I think it's important maybe building a Lego. Like I've been saying that it would be nice to have a project like that. Or I saw Rachel and Sia, they built puzzles, like a hundred or thousand piece puzzles. <laughs> just, but That's it's so a way they bond where they know on that Saturday we free. This is what we're working towards. Other couples go hiking. But mm. I think it's important that we have something, an activity, some sort of project that keeps us learning, but also keeps us working together as a team. And it's like, mm. okay, this is a bit of a challenge and we need to put our heads together. And that way we cultivate that teamwork thing. And like I said, kids catch on. We will find other projects where the kids... Um, catch on but yeah those are some important ones and for me another one can you i add? you gave three i want another one okay um family Family. family culture is family. No, the culture <laughs> is um, kids must visit their grandparents without us. Um, when we grew up, like I grew up visiting my granny and grandfather over the weekend. And my grandmother and I had this thing where in the morning she'd make me um, muesli and, and, and yogurt. And that's where I first tasted it. Mm. And I'd visit my aunt and uncle in Pretoria. And that's the first time I went to a mall because I was visiting them. Mm. And there's more memories that I picked up just by being exposed and we live in guarded communities and we're away from most of our family and I don't think our kids get enough of being with other family members mm. and I think that's something um, we should really and our routine is relatively the same yeah so for them it's gonna be the same like they won't really be exposed to different yeah if we don't do that they won't be exposed to attending um, you know for the sake of this conversation but to attend a funeral <laughs> <laughs> like, when are our kids going to attend the funeral? Yeah, because we, you know, our circles are so small. No one's no really one's dying. dying like that. <laughs> but when they go to the grandparents, I mean, I know my parents. Your parents are at a funeral every weekend. Every three weeks. And it's you, something going on. Yeah. So it's like, and it's like some of those things, it's you, you learn, yeah. you learn to eat that cabbage, you know, that special cabbage. Yeah. Remember the first time, I don't know if your mom took Nuri to like a, a church conference or something. Yeah. And she was telling me about the chicken and the way it was cooked and the way she described it. Yeah. I could understand exactly. How did she describe it? She was like, Daddy, the chicken was like, it was yummy, but it was like oily. It was, I was like, yeah. Okay, I know, fried I know, chicken. I know that fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> fried chicken slaps, girl. Yeah, Don't play yeah, with that. Yeah. It's be fried chicken. But. Yeah, it's nice. They get to experience life through a different lens. Yeah. yeah. Some more fun things, um, more fun traditions. We have a coffee tradition in our home. Yes. Uh, Saturdays, we wake up. When I'm a little tired, daddy takes the kids. They go to buy coffee and a croissant and the mm -hmm. kids get little um, baby chinos. Yes. And that is that is a fun tradition that we have. It's a fun tradition. It's very cool. I like a coffee tradition. I yeah. know, I know uh, financial people will tell us it's not a good idea. Yeah. You know, I drink coffee because of you, right? Really? Yeah. No, but now you request it more than me. <laughs> but I got into coffee because of you. Yeah. I realized how important coffee is to you and I got into coffee and now I actually really like it. You and get now, it. And whenever we travel, our first thing is, 
where are we getting coffee? But that's the thing about coffee is that it's about the community. It's about yeah. going to the coffee shop and knowing the barista. Yeah. It's about knowing the people that come and have coffee every day. Yeah. A, that's that's like the people it is. I know. I'm gonna see. Because yeah. I have like I have like two coffee machines at yeah. the house, so I really can't make that same coffee. But I go out and I buy it because I want to interact with those people. Yeah. You know, and and I wanna. It, I, that's it's part of my routine. Yeah. It's a beautiful part of my life. Any other fun tradition you have? Fun tradition. Oh, you want to do more of? Yeah. So, me and my kids, we sing my songs. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like my. My, I feel like that's one thing that's helping me teach them a different language. Yeah, true. Because they know every lyric to all of my songs. Yeah. And it's their favorite song. We were playing in the car and I asked Nuri um, what songs she, because she, she's got a fake phone. And I say, can I, pl- can you please play me the song? Do, 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 do. And she's like, I only have married at the beach. <laughs> I'm no, like, she, she already okay, knows. daddy's girl. She already knows which team <laughs> she plays for. Yeah. So, so yeah, like it's, it's great, man. I'm, I'm glad that she's my biggest supporter. She's yeah. my biggest fan. Zani is my biggest fan. He dances with me. He wants to be a DJ. He, <laughs> we, were watch, <laughs> we were watching a mix and he, he loved the idea. I think, yeah. I think he likes the attention. Like, you think so? He couldn't believe how many people people were there i don't think and so. it was like why are all these people dancing i'm like no because the dj is playing music like, i want to be a dj okay so so, so yeah it's gonna be a DJ. Um, yeah so i think exposing them really is exposing them to our careers yeah just because i also believe in second generation like second generation is always better than yeah they're first. gonna do better way better so if you are in an industry where you can expose your kids to what you do you and it can give them some sort of an advantage you should. I don't see why you shouldn't. Yeah. You know, like I think, you know, already Nuri is like a gem on screen. She's, she's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, like she lights up. She becomes a different person. She, she enjoys catches her script shooting, like no one's. enjoys shooting content. Yeah. Like she, uh, like if we want her to do something, we'll be like, we're going to shoot content. And, and she's like, like okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But um, I don't even know what the question was. Just fun, fun traditions. Things. But that's fun for us. For yeah. us, it's, it's fun that we get to live our lives with our kids yeah and and they get to see us doing our jobs yeah and and living in our careers and then also get to see us you know sort of as daddy but also knowing that daddy is this and yeah mommy is this and you know like it's it's really fun yeah i think one last thing that i just wanted to add that i just remembered when we went to marriage seminar that has stuck through me is um it was more about the marriage, but I think even as a family, mm. um, it's important to treat the family or the marriage like a business. Okay. In that, good what to, is the vision statement? Mama. What is the vision for the family? Mm. And um, our pastor made an example by saying that, for example, you need to know the value of what you're working for, right? Okay. So when you pay for a business class ticket or when you pay for an economy ticket, you know when you go to economy, your options are chicken limited. or beef, limited, but you know the price. And when you go to the business class, you've got the a la carte menu, but you also know the price mm-hmm. and what it took to pay for that. So you value it more. Sure. So even within our marriages or within our family, I think when we identify the vision the goal or what we're called for whenever we have challenges Mm. it's like okay this is the cost to what we're working towards sure but when there's no vision it feels like 
ah man, is this even worth it? Like you find yourself asking, is it even worth it? I could Mm. be doing something else. I could be somewhere else. I could just let this whole thing go. But when we have the vision, we know the goal Mm. and the goal is flexible. It's not like you just have one thing and that's it. But we have a common vision as a family that we sat down and discussed so that when all the challenges come, which they will come, we firm, we understand that this is the cost to, this is the cost for this. Sure. So, yeah, I think that's a beautiful, it's also a nice way to start the coming with the tradition because we need to sit down and talk about these things. It's yeah. nice and all to just have them but floating. maybe we don't need to sit down. Sometimes maybe we just need to take a walk and t- talk about this. Uh-huh. I love walks with all my yeah. heart. I was actually listening to a podcast and this guy was saying that a conversation while walking is different to a conversation oh. while sitting across from someone. We know this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, but he was actually giving like the psychological oh, okay. effects of that. For yeah. instance, if you're sitting across someone, you're already facing opposing directions. Yeah, already t- when you're walking with someone, it's like you guys are walking into the same direction. So sure. already like just on a psychological level, yeah. You feel like you're working together. You've already conquered that part. So 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 that's just you know that's guys, I do a lot of personal work. <laughs> so, so let's take more walks then. Take more walks, do more things where you just like are outside in nature. Yeah, and that's it's it. fun. It's that's good us. sitting with you. I know people missed you a lot, but we respect that you're also in a we we in different seasons and we get that. <sighs> My life is just busy, man. It's, we we're in different busy. seasons and um, when it's time, it's time. When it's not, it's not. And mm-hmm. we respect that. Yeah. Yeah. No, good, good to have you. Good to be here. <laughs> Even though I'm always here, but good yeah, to be, good on, to be on the other side. Yeah. And don't forget that you can now get tennis biscuits as tennis rusks as well. Um, I'm a huge rusk lover and the taste is phenomenal. So imagine mm-hmm. a tennis biscuit, but in a rusk and dipped in coffee or in your tea. And you can find them at major retail stores. And yeah, thank you so much for watching today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. We'd like to hear your your thoughts. What did you think about some uh, some of our conversations the family traditions what family traditions do you think are important to instill um and to to uphold and we actually didn't come back to how we start the conversation of the the integrating but i think we we kind of settled it, ne? Yeah, it's I like you bring you you yeah, bring you exactly and then we we fine-tune, tweak, we fine-tune it bye <laughs> <laughs> right,